Hey, with me today is uh, Miss Farron Rachels. Thank you for taking time. I feel like I have blown up every one of your posts on TikTok for the past month since I found out you had one uh, trying to get you on the show. So thank you for hanging out with me for a little bit. Of course. Thank you for asking me. So uh, I didn't tell you this before the show. I wanted this to be like in the moment. I have a weird obsession with you. <laughs> I have a very weird obsession with you. So I don't remember who showed me on paper. Uh, like a year ago, I, my studio has been open for two years now, but one day somebody was in here and we were riding or doing something. I can't remember what it was. And they're like, you got to hear this song. And I have rode so many dirt roads oh. and listened to that song and drank so much beer. I just want you to know, I am obsessed with every line of that song and the way you sing the shit out of it. Oh, thank you so much. That's still one of my favorites. We put that one out like, in 2017 or 18 i don't know but it's still like every show we play everybody i meet that like knows who i am is always like on paper we've had people talk about playing it at their weddings which is hilarious to me because it's like really the only good love song i think i've ever written but <laughs> i love it well me being like as rough around the edges as i am and as loud and obnoxious and maybe i drink too much and have too much fun like Same. that that is the perfect song, though. Like, when I'm trying to flirt with anybody or whatever, I've, I've told, like, every woman, I'm like, just play this song for me, and, oh, I'll, and, and I'll be sweet to you. I promise. I love that. It's awesome. I love it. So uh, where, where are you from? Aren't you a Georgia girl, too? I'm a Georgia girl. I uh, grew up in Sparta, Georgia, which most people even in Georgia don't know where it's at, but it's, like, near Milledgeville or Macon. So you're my neighbor. Where are you at? Where's the studio at? I'm right below Macon. Uh, I'm in oh. Co I'm in Cochran, Georgia. Okay. Well, next time I come home, I'll have to let you know. Maybe I actually come to the studio. But yeah, my mom lives in Sparta, and I grew up there. And then I went to school. I went to UGA, so I spent a few years in Athens. Okay. And then in Atlanta. Yeah. And or about a year and a half, and then I moved to Nashville and been here ever since. So yeah. How, how long have you been up there? 10 years 10 years mm -hmm. and it's just flown by well it depends some <laughs> days it feels like a couple years and then some days it feels like i've been here a hundred <laughs> yeah i i cannot live there i go up there for about a month at a, or a week at a time every month to record shows do everything that i've got to do and then i get out of town as fast as possible and i usually go from like a sunday to a thursday because i don't like the weekends there that's the per that's what I tell people when they're coming to visit. They're like, what, you know, what are your recommendations? I'm like, well, first of all, don't come on a Friday. You know, it's just, um, 
I don't know. It's just too much for me. Sparta, where I'm from, is like super small. I grew, I've graduated high school with 12 people. So Nashville. And honestly, when I moved here like 10 years ago, it wasn't, and I moved here from Atlanta. So it was like a breath of fresh air. It was like, oh God, this is like a big city, but it doesn't feel like one. But over the last, like, since I've been here, it's changed so much. Like we didn't used to have all this traffic and, um, not so many bachelorette parties and stuff on the weekend. I don't even go to Broadway much anymore, but I, when I first moved here, I would go to like Roberts or um, Legends and like on a Tuesday or something. But now I don't even do that because it's just craziness down there. I got one dude that when I'm in town that I go see, but he's a Georgia boy and we're real close. His name's Blaine Bunny and he plays at AJ's. That's the only reason I go on Broadway. Otherwise, Live Oak, Red yep. Door, Losers. I really like uh, Music City, though, and scoreboards. So I like to kind of get away from everything. Well, the Nashville Palace used to be Yeah, that's favorite. what I meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but Scoreboard is one of my favorites, too. They still have great, like, all the bands when you go there. If you, like, listen to all the people played in those bands, like, some of them used to play for, like, George Jones. Or, you know, it's like they're always, like, top-notch uh, musicians and stuff. The bands are always so great, and they're always playing, like, classic country. So great. Yeah, that's my obsession. I can't do the – it's not that I can't do the new stuff. It's got to be good new stuff. Like, there's a bunch of it I just cannot handle. <laughs> I, I, I can't handle it. I know. We sound like our – I sound like my grandpa, though. I feel like when I talk about music now, he's always – you know, he's like, this new shit, nobody can sing like the possum. And I'm like, well, you're right. But, you know, we're going to still keep making music. <laughs> so, like, Yeah, but I, I – I don't know. I'm weird about it in a way that I don't think it's just that the voice of some people, I think it's the songs that are being put out. Like the, the one that you've got coming out that we're going to promote some on the show for next week, the uh, anything but over. That is a beautifully written song. Like that one's one that whether you're a man or a woman, you hear that and you get jacked up for it. Like it's, I'm all about a sad song, but sad songs don't make me sad. They actually make me happy. I'm, I'm probably so messed up in the head that it's ridiculous. Well, but, I'm the same. Yeah, like, I'm obsessed with a good sad song um, or a slow song. And yeah. uh, I would rather hear that kind of stuff than I'm tired of hearing about somebody's damn truck or, you know, I, or glitter. I'm tired. I say glitter a you lot for some like reason. <laughs> I, I don't like the glitter. I, I, I shouldn't say that. That makes me sound like a bigger asshole than I am. I, I like the old school. Like one of the things that I, I like about you, I like about Kimberly Atwood, who's one of my real good buddies. Um, Allie Colleen's been on the show. Uh, I like I like when a woman's a badass. Like and like she can do her own thing. She's not like being over sexualized. I guess. Like I don't want. I'm I'm tired of that shit. Like I have a daughter that's going to be eleven in a couple of days. And one, of the, and one of the things, like, I try to teach her, like, I want her to be like a Viking queen. I want her to be a badass, be able to express herself and everything. Mm -hmm. And, like, I felt for, like, so long that if you didn't have a freaking tube top on, a mini skirt and knee-high boots or tight-ass leather pants or whatever, like, you couldn't get a song heard. And then if you did get a song heard, it wasn't that good. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's frustrating. It's, it's different. I mean, I, I joke all the time and say I wasn't really a feminist till I moved to Nashville. I mean, I like obviously I'm all about girl power, but it is a little ridiculous. The uh, I've had, um, you know, when I first was taking meetings, 
like publishing deal meetings several years ago. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I heard, we love your songs. We love what you're doing, but we just signed a girl like last week or whatever. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like you just signed 10 dudes last week too, but you're still signing dudes. So it's it's definitely different for girls. And I feel like when we write too, there's so many in country music is there's so many things that people are like, but can a girl say that? And I'm like, we can say whatever the fuck we want. Like, I don't, I don't know how it happened. And I don't like try to spend too much time thinking about it, honestly, because it just pisses me off. Um, and I feel like the way that I can make things better is just keep making great music and, you know, hope that it gets heard. But it's weird. It's weird out here for a girl in these Nashville streets. Well, I think you're doing a great job. And I also think like every, I don't know what to say, 10 years for the hell of it. There's a turn in country music. Like you had the greats from the 80s and the 90s, then it went kind of bro and poppy. I think what's coming back around now is the traditional stuff. But also, I really, really am going to die on this cross right here. I think like the female outlaw is coming up. Like I think between McBride and a bunch of y'all that are just badasses that are just like, you know what? I'm tired of riding shotgun for the boys. Make them son of a bitches ride shotgun for once. Like there's something about that that I really like. I, and I don't I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I hope not. Ashley is like she's, you know, changed the game for a lot of us women. I feel like, you know, she was older when she got her record deal. She'd been in town. I remember the first you want to hear a funny story about Ashley. Yes, ma'am, I do. First time I ever wrote with her. I met her probably six years ago. I don't know. We were just set up for a write and I'd heard about her, but back then she didn't have a record deal yet. She didn't have, you know, she wasn't Ashley McBride like she is now. Um, but I'd heard a little bit of her stuff and knew she was great. And all I'd seen though was like what a badass she is. And, you know, and it's weird living in Nashville because um artists have to like brand themselves. So it's especially if you're a girl. Especially if you're a girl, it's like you gotta be there's got to be a clear like lane or that's how the labels make you feel, you know? And so I always wonder, sometimes people are like putting on for their brand, you know, to try to be that person that they're supposed to be. And I heard she was like rough around the edges and didn't give a fuck or whatever. Our first right, it's like 10 AM and she walks in. She's like, Hey, I'm actually nice to meet you. I'm like, I'm fearing. I've heard so much about you looking forward to today. She pulls out a flask and a can of dip out of her guitar case and sits down and puts a dip in and gets her pen and paper out. And we start writing a song. And I was just like, you are exactly what I hoped you would be. Like, she's just what you see is what you get. And I still tell that story all the time because people, I think, I don't know. It's just like when women, you know, are a little rough around the edges. It's always like, I hear people, it feels like they think it's just to put on or just a show. And I'm like, no, that's, who she is you know and i respect the hell out of it she's just always been her yeah see i like it so much more than the other side of it i don't i don't like the prissy i have to watch how i say shit like so bad because i always will end up sticking my foot in my mouth i am the king of taking stuff way too far and just making an ass out of myself well, but same. i'm sober this morning so <laughs> i have a hangover that that's why i'm drinking a budweiser at 12 o'clock uh, but <laughs> I, I like when 
you have that authentic side because I feel like there's not enough of that anymore in music, regardless, but especially in Nashville. Like I, you, you just don't see, I want when I hear you sing a song, I guess I've been to so many writers round and watched uh, a bunch of my friends do it now that I can literally, I feel like I can tell you whether that song is actually something you lived through or not. And I love when you actually can connect with that artist and hear them play something that they lived through. And every time I've heard Ashley or, or somebody like you actually sing a song, it just really seems like you've lived that. That means a lot to me, even though I'm obsessed with music the way that I am, not like the average person. But like when I see some dude up there in skinny jeans and he's got on uh, a Nirvana t-shirt, never listened to Nirvana and got on a Stetson that he paid way too much for that he would never wear if he wasn't on stage. And he's singing about some bullshit that he's never been through. Like you've never been hunting, dude. You've never been fishing. You know, don't, yeah, don't, don't do that. I, I, I get it. And I feel the same, but I guess I have like empathy for people trying to make it in this town. Cause I've, I've gotten sucked into that before, like trying to be something I'm not, you know, um, like I had to be, you gotta be a certain size and you gotta, you know, I smoke cigarettes too much. So it's like, we can't, you can't be posting that stuff, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, um, it, all the opinions, there's always an opinion. There's always somebody in your ear about what you can and can't do. And when you're dealing with dreamers, you know, it's like, this is all I've ever wanted to do my whole life. So if I have some dude who's been in the business for 30 years telling me, you can't be this, it's not going to work. And if this is like who I am, you know, it, it fucks with you. And people, everybody's just trying to chase a dream, you know, and it's like, we're all just trying to figure it out. So I'm just so thankful that, I don't know, that I've finally got to a place where I feel like I have a team of people that are like, just do you like be who you are? Cause that's what we want, you know, you I, to be. I did a, I did a show with uh, me and Bobby Pinson at the beginning of, um, at the beginning of August at was at Seagale and, uh, Pinson. boy, I love me some Bobby. I'm sure y'all, I'm, I figured y'all, y'all are too pleased in a pot. We, uh, we get along quite well. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, every time I, every time I leave, uh, being around him for a day my head hurts for about a week so it's hilarious though like i have well he's so brilliant and talented i still haven't written with him um but a lot of, i have a lot of friends that have and i've hung out with him many nights at red door and he just has the best stories and the most hilarious one-liners you never know what's gonna come out of that man's mouth absolutely not but uh <laughs> he he was telling me when we did the show kind of what you were just talking about he finally had to get to the point to where he just quit giving a fuck and he he, he told me something that yeah i, I will remember it to the dad he said you got to end up writing one great song before you can write a whole lot of good ones and he's like the second mm -hmm. that i kind of let myself go and was like you know what i'm just gonna do it my way he's like that's when it that's when it started clicking for me and but i mean he's got he's got more talent in his thumbnail than most people have in their whole bodies yeah, he's, he's definitely a pro, but he's right. I mean, I feel like I've always like naturally leaned towards like, I'm just going to be me. Like what you see is what you get. But um, not until like COVID did I really start not giving one fuck. Like, cause then it, it like, 
it changed my whole life because during COVID, I was out of a deal. I was nannying, driving for Uber, like cleaning my friends' houses, like just, you know, what the hell am I doing with my life kind of thing. And because uh, we weren't able to tour and I had like just left the deal I was in right before COVID hit. And it taught me so much because it taught me, first of all, like, who the hell are you without this? You know, like, can you be happy? Because I put all my, I mean, this country music's all I've ever really cared about. Um, so that was nice to learn that, like, okay, like, I'm still a cool person, even if I don't get to, you know what I mean? Like, but also it taught me that, like, all of it can be gone in a second. And, like, I'd rather make music that when I'm old and gray, like, I was proud of, no matter whether it ever gets to the radio or not, you know, like, so I don't know, it's easy, it's easier said than done. But I think like during COVID, I like really realized like, I'm going to make me proud and I'm going to make music that I like, you know? Yeah. I think there's too many people that are chasing a dollar sign instead of like actually chasing like a legacy or chasing like an all time song and being authentic. I don't think there was anybody that we ever looked up to growing up or any of the older artists that we love that ever thought about, you know what, I'm going to write this song for a paycheck. I'm sure it happened after the fact that they had wrote some songs that blew them up. Uh, I mean, cause everybody wants the mailbox money. I mean, you'd be stupid not to want some mailbox money, but at the same time, I think most of them sat down and was like, I'm going to put my heart and soul into this. I'm going to be authentic. And when you do that, the only, uh, you're the only person that can write a song about your life because you've lived your life, but there's a lot of people that probably can relate to it. It's nobody else that can go down the same road, writing a song as you can, if it's about you. Yeah. And, and I think that's where so many of these people that are amazing songwriters or performers back in the day, I think that's what they were chasing instead of just, I want to be in the top 10. I want to, you know, I want to write the next Kane Brown release or, or whatever, anything like that. I think they were just being real to themselves. That's probably why I'm obsessed with like the outlaw stuff and the eighties stuff. And especially Whitley, Whitley and Earl Thomas Conley and all that kind of stuff. I'm obsessed with it because when you hear it, you just know he lived it. Like he, yeah. he lived it. Yeah. Yeah. You believe it. You know, what's wild though about the whole outlaw thing. I, uh, there's a, I went to a screening for, I can't even remember the name. I'm terrible. My memory's the worst of what it's going to be called, but they're doing like a, you're going to love it. It's a documentary that's coming out on Netflix, I think next year. And it's on like the outlaw movement and stuff on Willie and Waylon. And uh, we, we went to like the screening of like one of the episodes a few months back. And one of the crazy things they talked about in there was that the whole outlaw thing though was the record labels branding them as that. And that Willie was like, okay, cool, whatever. But Waylon was like pissed because he was like, I'm not trying to be an outlaw. Like I'm just, I mean, I'm just being me. Yeah. It just doesn't fit into the industry. You know what I mean? So he's like, it's interesting to think about that. Even that was like a marketing thing to dial into like who they already were, but they weren't, he made it clear. He was like, I'm, he's like, I like music on the radio. It's just, that's just not what I do. So it wasn't like he was like, fuck Nashville or like, fuck all these other guys that are working. It was just like, I don't want to do that. I want to do this, you know? And that made him an outlaw. And he was like, apparently kind of pissed about, 
he didn't want people to think that he was shitting on the other stuff, you know? Yeah. And I thought that was so cool to hear because all we hear about Waylon Jennings is that he was shitting on this other stuff, but he didn't necessarily feel that way about all music. He liked it, but it just wasn't true to who he was, you know? I had to learn, uh, coming from country radio to this, um, I had to learn that I couldn't shit on certain things because I'm bad about it. I'm very bad about voicing my opinion. And I was like, hey, I got on show now. I can literally do what I want to. I don't have to sit here and pretend like I don't like something anymore. Even though I even when I worked in Brady, I didn't pretend like I liked it. I just wouldn't say shit about it because I wasn't yeah. gonna, I wasn't gonna be fake. But yeah. uh I learned very quickly from being around certain people. They were like, look. If you're going to be around us and we're going to have fun and everything, and we're going to be on the show. Like you can't say that this person shit <laughs> because if they'll buy my song right now, I'm going to sell them my song. Yeah. And, and I just, I never thought of that. Like never looked at it that way before. Yeah. Well, I think music too is like, I think about it. Like I think about alcohol or food or anything else I enjoy in life. It's like, I don't want to drink. Miller Lite every day like but some days when I'm by when I'm on the lake like there is nothing better than Miller Lite and like I feel like music is that way like some days I go back and all I want to listen to is Stevie Ray Vaughan you know but then other days I don't know I just think it's like there's so much I think there's good music and there's bad music like I get so sick of all the other shit like you know well this isn't exactly like I mean this new music I'm putting out um, is the most definitely, I guess, like what some haters would call pop because uh, we have like some drum loops and, you know, um, programming on it. And I just get so tired of all that. Like, I, so I try not to shit on other people for what they're doing because it's like we're all just trying to figure out how to make our own sound and, you know, have all those opinions in our ears the whole time. So I don't know. I try to be nice about it, but you get me drunk enough. There's plenty of shit, stuff I would shit on, probably. I think I think you might be my new best friend. <laughs> that, well, that's... You're obsessed with me, so I don't. I don't know. Do what now? I said, well, you're obsessed with me, so I know. I just become. How this gonna work out? I'll become a stalker right now. Just you know, <laughs> just don't put a restraining on me. A restraining order on me yet. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm the same way because like I'm. Country music is like my number one thing, but I'll get in my moods. All I want to hear is Aretha. Aretha Franklin is the prettiest voice of all time to me. Oh, incredible. Yeah. And I will literally, there will be people walking into the studio that's fixing to record a show or we're fixing to do something. And they will think they're just fixing to walk into the like a, a honky tonk, pretty much the way my studio looks. Uh, and then they'll walk in the door and you'll hear like son of a preacher man, or you'll you'll hear something from Aretha and I've got it turned up to a thousand <laughs> and they're just like, what? And it, you're right. Cause I can't, I cannot listen to the stuff that I listen to or I love all the time. I have to, I got to switch it up sometimes. And you're liable to hear some little Wayne pop up every now and then. Yeah. yeah that's how I am. I mean, yeah. I like it all. Honestly, the only thing I really can't get into is like the heavy metal stuff. And I have a lot of friends and musician friends that love that stuff. Like uh, my, my publisher was trying to get me to go to a Slipknot concert this week. And it's like, you're wasting your money on that ticket taking me. Like I just, it's not my thing, but most like I love Post Malone. I love, you know, there's a band called Trash Panda. That's like super, 
I don't know. I like to listen to it when I'm high. Like, you know, I like, I listen to all kinds of stuff, but I always like with the food metaphor, it's like, but classic country music is like my fried chicken. Like yeah. I can that every day and be just fine, you know, but every now and then I'm in the mood for sushi. So like every now and then I'll listen to Kings of Leon. You know what I mean? Oh, Kings of Leon is the shit though. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can listen to Kings of Leon a lot. Yeah. Uh, I can't do the heavy metal stuff. I mean, I we both grew up in the South. I got screamed at enough as a kid. <laughs> Retweet same. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to go to a concert and get screamed at. I'm gonna flash back to 12 years old and get my ass whooped. Well, I don't want to leave a concert feeling angry. Like I go to shows to get drunk and forget about. You know what I mean? What I hate about the world. It's like for a couple hours you get to just enjoy the music so that's for me that's why I like the metal stuff is just i'm like i'm already mad all the time i don't need to get madder you I, know i'll tell you what though i don't i don't like slipknot at all but they have one song if you've never heard it i uh, mean they're and they have like great music i'm sure because there's millions of people that like it it's just not my thing it's though. not it's not mine at all either but they have one song it's called snuff if you've never heard snuff and it's like a slower song oh it is a banger but no, not i'll go i'll check it out when yeah. we get done yeah it's it's the only thing i would ever sell anybody to listen to by them but it is actually like one of those it's just like you know what this is badass the only other rock band or the only rock band i've ever really got into that was heavy was stain now i listen to stain all day i love some stain and i i played a few shows we opened up for aaron lewis a few times and those shows were great is he, is he not the coolest dude to be around? Yeah, I love uh, the first night we were out with him. I was We were like, let's go side stage and like see some of the show. That man, he has a stool with his ashtray, and he's smoking cigs or whatever on stage while he's tuning in between songs and stuff. And I like looked at my tour manager. I was like, that right there is goals. Like, to be established enough where I can bring my cigarettes on stage. <laughs> So we uh we played in a golf tournament in Nashville for Creative Vets uh a couple months ago, and Aaron and a lot of bigger artists were were there playing too, and uh it was really funny. There was this girl that I guess she had just got into Nashville or just got into music or whatever. Uh, it is Aaron, her, and then me were in the taco line, and this girl starts talking to Aaron. She had no idea who he was. She was introducing herself as if she was important to Aaron Lewis. Like she just literally had no idea who he was or whatever. And everybody went and sat down and was eating. And then about 20 minutes later, she comes back up to him and is like, I had no idea that you were Aaron Lewis. I feel so embarrassed right now uh, that I told you to look me up on Instagram and all this other stuff and everything. Uh, and it was just like, are you shit? Be like, <laughs> It tickled the absolute hell out of me. That's funny. I don't know, though. I mean, before those shows, like, I'm the worst about knowing what people look like or, like, like I know names. I know, like, who wrote and produced stuff that I love. But a lot of times, if those people were to walk in the bar, I might not know what they look like. You know what I mean? So I, I, could, I could see me doing something that dumb. <laughs> Yeah, it's happened to me at Losers, but in all fairness, I've been shit-faced almost every time I've ever been at Losers, but I've been standing next to people that I would have really liked to just bought them a beer, said, hey, yeah. 
they're hanging out with some of my buddies, our mutual friends. It's already there, but I didn't know who the fuck they were. Just, yeah. Just, just oblivious. Yeah. But if I've ever been at losers, though, that's, that's just a whole different. Ugh. <laughs> I, it hurts every time I'm there. Red door is the worst, but losers is just, I end up having way too much fun. I don't, I like to slow dance. I'm not a, like a fast dancer at all or whatever. It seems like there's always somebody that gets me out there and I'm like just going ham every time I'm at losers. Somebody, huh? It was probably my fault. <laughs> yeah, losers used to be my, I mean, I used to spend many nights at losers, Red Door, you know, Whiskey Jam, all the things. I don't really. I guess I'm getting old. I don't really do it as much these days. It's it's a different vibe too now. It's like everything is more touristy and, you know, um, not that, I mean, we love tourists, but you can't just, sometimes you can't just go like Ashley, for example, me and her used to go to losers after we would write and get a beer. It's like, she can't do that now. You know, we wouldn't be able to have a conversation. So um, I don't know. I'll find myself there early afternoon after right sometimes to like have a beer and order their chicken tenders and then I try to head on home and not get in too much trouble because late nights at losers are never good for my soul <laughs> you know yeah I think I think we've all lost a little bit of dignity pride or something somewhere on that floor at losers yep <laughs> they named it the right damn place I'll tell you that uh yeah I I don't like even I haven't been going but like five years to Nashville like probably five, six years I've been going up there uh, and staying like a good bit of time every time I go. And it's just weird because when I first started going, you could go to losers at any point in time and it wasn't bad. Like it was, you would have people there. It'd be crowded, but not like it is now. I feel like Broadway's got so packed. Now they're migrating up the division and Demumbrian and everything like that. And it's just like, damn, this wasn't even this way when I started coming up here. So I can only imagine what it's like for y'all. Yeah, well, you know what it is. It's us talking about it on podcasts. And, uh, you know, it really is. It's like Whiskey Jam. When I first moved to town, the first Whiskey Jam I ever went to, Chris Stapleton was playing in winter. And I I walked in and sat down at a table. Like, there were maybe 30 people in there. And, like, I don't know. I've seen so many great people play Whiskey Jam back in those days. And it was literally just – like songwriters and industry people at it. Um, But then Whiskey Jam, you know, started getting magazines and articles and whatever. And now, like last time I played it a few months ago, the line was wrapped around the block. So, you know, everything's, Nashville's growing and changing at like a crazy rate. Yeah, whenever I did the show with Bobby, we were going to go later that day because there was a big one for, I think that's when Hardy and oh, everybody. That yeah, that's when, uh, whenever the, they got ran out of there, got evacuated. But luckily, or collapsed because there were so many people. Yeah, on the it, patio. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, uh, Justin Andrews, I don't know if you know him or not. Um, he plays it. He, him and Bobby do a lot of stuff together, but he plays at Losers. Luckily, his apartment is like overlooks Losers. So we were just like, you know what? I'm, I already wasn't going to do the line. I don't got to be entitled. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much a princess now. Like I, I hate, I I know, right. I am pampered as shit. (laughs) I hate that I'm this way, but I've done got spoiled, like going with my friends to shows. I don't want to wait in a line and mainly don't wait in line for a beer or to use the bathroom. 
I can't stand that shit. I just would rather not go. But I would if I can't stand like on the side of the stage or behind the stage or whatever and actually enjoy the show, I do not want to be elbow to elbow and not be able to move or do anything. That's miserable to me now. I know. It's, it's, I think it's because we're getting older because I, I say the same thing all the time. I'm like, I'm just spoiled now living here in town and having so many friends in the business because – and it's also my job now. So, like, I don't really go to many shows – where it's not like somebody I know is playing or, you know, and uh, I think, so the publishing company that I'm at, Colby Cooper is at. And oh, I like Colby he, Cooper. He's great. And he was opening for Co in Franklin, like uh, this, I don't know, sometime this summer. And like everybody at our company was going to see it. And they were like, you should just ride with us or whatever. And I was like, no, I got shit going on. I'll, I'll drive separate. Big mistake. Drove there and, like, had to walk a mile to get to Will Call to get my pass. Like, and I was, like, being such a bitch, you know, and I was thinking, like, you are so spoiled. Like, before you moved to Nashville, you used to do this shit all the time. Like, it's just going to a concert. But it's just, like, yeah, when you get used to being able to skip the line and not, like, you know, have to pay to park and all that stuff. I was, like, this was miserable when I left. (laughs) The show was good, but. I'm the same damn way. It, and my friends, like, I'm glad that I still live, like, in, in my small town and I built the studio and everything here. But, like, my friends want to go. We went to go see, uh, who was it, Luke Combs and Cody Johnson and Morgan Wade's badass and Zach Bryan at, in Atlanta at uh, Mercedes-Benz. Oh, yeah. I was trying to come to that one, but I didn't, I didn't end up coming. I was miserable the entire time. And everybody else is just like having the time of their life. And I've got my arms crossed and I'm just pissed off. I'm already mad. Like I I've seen Luke so many times and he's amazing. Like I, I do. I really like everything that he does, but I really wanted to hear Zach Bryan and I wanted to hear Morgan Wade. Mm-hmm. So I already had pissed every one of my friends off. Cause I was like, no, we're going this early to see them like i don't give a shit like if y'all want to you know sit in up wherever <laughs> i don't care those are the ones i want to hear and uh they only played like four or five songs each which i kind of figured they would or whatever but then i realized like halfway through uh cody johnson set and i really like all his stuff too was like you know what i'm just not going to a big show again i am not going to a big show unless i am with somebody because this is not fun to me anymore. Like, there's nothing about this that I enjoy. And I think I'm just a prick now. Like, yeah. I, all the rest of my friends are just having the time of their life. And I'm just miserable. Yeah. I don't know. I'm the same way. I think it's really just age, too. Like, when I was, like, in college, I used to go to Luke Bryan's farm tour every year and use a porta potty and, you know, get hammered and not be able to find my car. And, you know, it's like, everything was great. I was having the time of my life. Now that's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> like I got to use a porta potty and walk a mile to my car. I'm out. <laughs> Those farm tours back in the day used to hit different. Oh, they were great. They I, were. I've had so much fun. Out. I've also been rained on. I've been covered in mud. I, they, they've always been, I don't know. I used to enjoy the shit out of them, but I would, you couldn't pay me to go now. Yeah. Well, there's a lot bigger now too. Like the ones I'm talking about that I went to when I was in Athens, like 
that was right when he started them. And yeah. I mean, he was a superstar, but not like now, you know, there were no catwalks and stuff. It was like a normal stage. And like, I don't know, I would, I would be interested to look back and see like how many people were at those things, but not, it's nothing like it is now. Yeah. I know. Uh, I got two of my buddies. I think Dallas and the peach pickers and all are out with them right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh my buddy Tyler Branch and Riley Lowry, they're playing for somebody with them right now. And uh they sent me a picture the other day and it was literally there's probably forty thousand people there and it wasn't even close to that back in the day. Yeah. That's so that's a lot of people. Like right. looking at that many people from the stage many nights in a row has gotta be I guess like I guess it's like anything else, you just get used to it, but it's wild. I don't know if I could. I don't, I don't know if I could. <laughs> the more people, the better. Yeah. The first time I ever was on stage in front of that many people was my first day in country radio. The We had to go announce for Tracy Lawrence. And uh, Tracy Lawrence, I think Lane Hardy. And I was so nervous. I was just a wreck. And I had a couple beers or whatever. And, of course, the first thing that I say is I say shit. And I didn't mean to, and I didn't think about it. And now I don't have a problem cussing in front of anybody, but the radio station first day, because there was like 5,000 people. And when you, just that many people, you look out there, it just is weird to me. Yeah, that's crazy. The most people I've got, well, I say the more people, the better. That's not necessarily true. I still love, like, I would still do a college bar circuit if I could. Like, I love those, like, dive bars, too. But um, the most people we ever played in front of was Luke Combs played Virginia Beach. I want to say it was like the Patriotic Festival. I can't remember what year, maybe 2019. But anyway, me and Muscadine Bloodline opened for him. There were 60,000 people on that beach. I mean, like from I, I couldn't see like it was just as far as I could see. It was just like a sea of people. And that was a wild feeling and I'm like I can't imagine getting to do that every night like the energy with that many people when you're on stage is kind of wild I bet it is do you got any shows coming up uh like what you got what do you got booked coming up I'm playing a thing with Drew Parker and the Kentucky Headhunters that's awesome uh, Drew's a friend I love him I'm excited about that but like I love the Kentucky Headhunters I've like listened to them when I was young um, we're playing in Hendersonville, Tennessee on October 21st, okay. some kind of like fest, a pig cookout festival. I don't know. I'm the worst about remembering names and stuff. Um, and then honestly, other than like some songwriter rounds, I'm pretty much done for the year. So I'm hoping that in the spring, after we put some of this new music out, I'll get back on the road. It's another thing like, uh, be touring as a woman is another thing like it's it's tough to get slots as a woman and I get it because it's harder to take a woman on the road like there's things you got to think about when you got a girl on the road that you you know you don't want to do so I, I don't know I think it's interesting I mean I'm used to it I'm I've been doing it for so long but I can see why a lot of girls why it's hard to tour really I've never I've never thought of it that way well it's like when you even venues like that you would think this wouldn't be an issue or whatever, they'll tell you to have a green room for you to get ready in. And you get there and it's like this closet in the corner that 
I would never sit on the couch because somebody probably had sex on it the night before and there's no mirror for you to put your makeup on. So I'm like, I put, I start like now I ask when I say, do you have a green room? I say, do you have a green room that has a mirror where I can get ready? Because it's like, they'll say, yeah, we're good. You're good. And we get there and it's like, you don't have, you know, cause dudes can just throw on a hat and go out there and play or change t-shirts in the parking lot and go play. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's interesting. The road life is, is a uh, funny for a girl. I can't count the times I've, uh, plugged up a curling iron in the van and like, you know, done my makeup in the dark out with somebody holding their phone flashlight in the van and stuff. It was just, yeah, it's just different for a girl. <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never thought about that. I've had a couple of my buddies try to talk me into uh, going on the road with them for a couple of weeks at a time. But my daughter's like my best friend in the world. And like, I can't be gone from her like for long periods. My, my show would be way bigger uh, if I lived in Nashville um besides for i just don't want to be around that many people all the time like i like <laughs> i like the small town stuff but i couldn't be gone and i just that road living is not for me i would be miserable i love it i really do but it's exhausting it's you know especially if you really if you do it right and you're like meeting people and you know, actually getting to know people that come to the shows and stuff. It's like, it's so much more than just playing that hour and a half set. You know, it's like you hang for a couple hours after the show and meet fans and stuff. And then at my level, we're usually in a van and I'm a control freak. So I like to drive because I don't trust anybody else to. That's the problem. But so like, I don't get a lot of sleep when we're on the road and, then you're like trying to stay hydrated, but you don't want to have to stop to pee every hour because you got eight hours to get to sound check and it's a nine hour drive or whatever. So it's like, it's stressful, you know, um, you got to really love it to want to do it consistently because, I mean, it's definitely adds, adds years to your life, I think. <laughs> I'm 35 and I'm aging like shit anyway. I don't need another reason why. To like, I don't need another reason why for another wrinkle or another gray hair yet. I, I feel you. Um, what uh? So I guess you got to be excited about next week though with uh anything but over coming out though, right? I'm pumped. I'm so excited that it seems like people are like. I mean, we've put out. Well, I've put out music in the past years ago, and at this new company that I'm at, we started putting out music in April. So we've put three songs out before this one and we kind of just wanted to like let people know I'm still around because it had been so long since you know I'd released music and I just really um had dialed into the songwriting thing and I hadn't given up on the artist thing but I'm broke as hell and I, I was out of a deal and I was kind of like God like if you want me to do the artist thing you're gonna have to make a way because I can't do it you know and I kind of just like really honed in on writing. Um, but when I signed at this new company, it wasn't very long after I signed there as a songwriter that they were like, do you want to put music out? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so we put out three and this is the fourth one. And um, the other three have gone well. And like, but what we really wanted to do was kind of like rebuild and like, just hopefully get more exposure. And by the time we start putting out 
what I feel like are my best songs have a little more of an audience listening, you know? So I feel like, I don't know, this one feels a little different. We, we already have like way more pre-saves on this one alone than we had the other three combined, you know? So it feels really good that it seems like people are really liking it. it was, well, it's catchy and it's relatable and it's, I mean, it's just good. Thank you. I, Thank you. And I also like anytime, uh, a woman throws fuck into a song. So that, that that's a good, that's, that's, that's going to blow up on TikTok and every other social media. And I hate TikTok. I do the shit. I do the stupid stuff to market my show, to help build my platform, to get paid and everything on here. But, uh, that the more that it is heard, people are going to use the absolute shit out of it. Thank you. I hope you're right. I hope so. I, I just like the whole fuck thing is interesting because it's the way we wrote it. And, you know, a lot of songs, there's hits like that CeeLo Green, like fuck you or whatever. They made it forget you for the radio, like the Justin Bieber. Yeah. Uh, you should go love yourself. Like that was fuck yourself. It's like, you know, people do it all the time, but you have to clean it up for radio. And like right now at my level, it's like radio ain't playing my shit anyway. So it's like, I'd rather just put it out the way we wrote it. But, you know, we had the conversations because like some people from my team were like, ooh, like it's country music, like, you know, and I don't know. I hope people don't think that we're doing it to be like, oh, my God, she said fuck. It's just really more like I what? say that. And what's wild is like a lot of my girlfriends say fuck constantly, but they would never put it in a song. You know, it's like because we because we don't think we can. So. I don't know. I was just like, I'm going with it. My poor mama is devastated, though. Dev I, I think that that's what, besides for it just being, it's empowering. Like, the word fuck is empowering. I use it way more than what I ought to. I, I, I can make it just make anything, make it 10 times more powerful if I had fuck in front of it. That's and, true. And when you say it the way that you say it in that song, it just is so smooth that like forget or whatever wouldn't work. It I know that's the alternative. That's what, you know, we talked about maybe doing forget what our friends think. And when I play it live, depending on the crowd, like we, I did the Chrissy Metz tour and we did like city wineries and it was like an older crowd. Or like if I play at the listening room and I see some kids on the front row, like I'll go with forget. Cause I'm not trying to like, yeah, you know, piss anybody off, especially any parents or anything. But I don't know. My brother, when I first sent it to him, he's like my good judge of like what's cool and what's not. Cause he's not, he likes country music, but not like me. Like he's really more, he's more of a Kings of Leon, Moon Taxi, like jam band kind of dude. And um, so I always like sending him songs because he has no dog in the fight and doesn't like have any professional opinions but he'll always be like that one's pretty cool or like yeah not my thing you know like he'll just be honest and I want to make music for people other people too that aren't like me and would could just sit there and listen to Keith Whitley all day you know and um on this one he was like that song that that song that you say fucking he's like you gotta send me that again like I gotta I gotta listen to that and I like I've had multiple people say that it's the song you say fucking so I'm like I couldn't take it out, you know, it's like people 
it sticks with you. And I love how it's like, fuck what our friends think. Yeah. It's not, it's not fuck you or anything. It's like, it's how I would say it. Like, fuck what people think. I don't care. You know? Yeah. Forget, if you were to change it to forget there, it takes away so much from it. Saying fuck what our friends think. It's just like, it makes you, it makes it so much more passionate. It, it makes it, it makes it so much better. Um, But, and I also think the fact that you didn't make it, nobody, I don't think that anybody really gives a shit about making anything for radio anymore. <laughs> and unless that it's just a Luke Combs or a, a Wallen that's already, they know whatever they put out is going to be number one anyway. I, they know that it doesn't matter. They could read the fucking phone book and you're going to get 10 million 18 year olds for Morgan Wallen that are going to buy it or whatever. I, I think that the way that social media has developed that you don't even need to do anything for radio anymore. You're, you're your own marketing team. You are putting out stuff that people want to be real. They want the, the real feelings, the authentic version of you. And when you do that, that's just like you can almost put yourself a good artist can paint a picture for you. When you sing that you're painting the picture. And when you say that, it's just like, all right, I know exactly how she feels because I've been there. I got, yeah. she's not sugarcoating this shit. She really doesn't care what the fuck her friends think. Like she doesn't care. And that's yeah, badass. Well, well, thank you. I wrote that uh, song about a very <laughs> toxic a uh, relationship that I was in and it was not a good thing, but well, I wasn't in it when I actually wrote the song, but I wrote it from, you know, that place that I was in for a long time because I had a lot of my good friends at the time being like, Whoa, like, think you deserve a little more than you're getting kind of thing. So it's funny. Cause looking back, I'm like, I should have been listening to my fucking friends, but, but when you're in that place and you're not ready to hear it, you know, I, that's, I want to make music for people that have like been through some shit. Cause I have, and I just miss that. That's what I miss in country music. It's like when I was eight or nine years old and I was listening to Trisha Yearwood sing, you know, the song remembers when I hadn't ever had my heart broken, but I felt like I had, you know, I was like, Oh my God. Like that's the best. That's still my favorite shit is Trisha and Liam Womack and Patty mm. Lovelace. Tanya Tucker, like, and they did not, they weren't playing the game really. You know, they were singing about grown ass woman shit, like stuff that they had been through. And I hate that girls have felt like over the last, I feel like decade that we have to like water it down and we have to be, because the girls that are working other than Miranda are a little more glittery, I guess is what you would say. It's like it, it puts pressure on, you know, it's like, oh, God, well, if that's how we have to be to get on the radio, you know, so I don't know. I'm just really happy that I'm not really a TikTok person either. I mean, I love it. I get on it and watch comedians and stuff. But my team has just convinced me they're like, it's just another marketing tool. We don't care if your shit blows up on there or not. You know, we're, we love the music, so we're still going to put your music out. But you'd be dumb not to use it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I don't know, all of a sudden, like the last week since we've been promoting this song, I just am constantly seeing like notifications, like more and more followers. And I'm like, people actually like my music on TikTok. I don't know. It's, it feels good. I'm excited. 
Well, the the good thing about it, and I used to hate the damn thing, but like with the with any of your music, if you put out a certain song that's like a happy song, it's gonna get put into the algorithm that that it's gonna distribute it to people that have the same whatever as you do, the same outlook as far as that song goes. So with that being like a, a kind of a badass song and what it stands for and everything, you're gonna get a whole lot of relationship stuff. So like whenever one of my buddies are asking me like what they need to hashtag or anything like that, like anything that's relationship wise that you can hashtag with that song comes out, man, it will blow up. It's, I like, like I said, I like the realness of it, but it's just everything around you. Like you're authentic. There's a, a lot of the people I've had on the show. You, I can see through somebody being full of shit in a heartbeat. I, I, I can. And you know, what's crazy. It's never the women. It's never yeah. the it's never the female artists. Yeah, I I had Although, to. I think. I mean, I I'm thankful for the way the music industry has been harder for girls, especially lately, because I feel like it's caused a lot of like at least a lot of my friends like Lainey and Ashley and like they're getting shit done and they are doing it the way they want to do it. I don't know. It's like the more pressure has made some people like really rise to the, you know, challenge and like figure out who they are and, and not stray from it at all. And it's like nice to see that. Cause I don't know. I feel like it's like the comeback right now for women in country music. Like there's a lot Morgan Wade. Like there's a lot of real good music being made by women right now. Yeah. And Lainey's just, kill i don't know her from adam now i'm just a fan of her but oh my god like she is i feel like she is her and the names that you mentioned mm -hmm. just blazing the trail for everybody right now yeah laney's laney's one of my good friends and we, she's one of the first people i really started writing with like consistently in town we've written a ton of songs um and she's one of my favorite writers. Like, even if she wasn't doing the artist thing, she's an incredible songwriter. And that girl, she moved here in a camper trailer and has busted her ass. I mean, she opened shows for me in Georgia, like probably like five years ago because she was from Louisiana and was trying to get in the Georgia circuit. And that was like the one place that I like knew people and could actually book shows as a girl. And so I took her with me, but like, I don't know, we've just always been to watch her shit over the last couple of years is wild, but it's also been like, so cool for me. It's like, I've like been able to breathe. Cause I'm like, okay, it does happen for some people. Like, well, Luke is a friend, Luke Combs, but like, I guess Lainey's the one that I've really been able to see every step of like, oh, now people are noticing, you know, because for so long, nobody gave a shit. And now she's, I don't know, she just, like, I think broke a record for the most uh, nominations for either it like, ACM. It was yeah. like six, I think, is what she got. Yeah. yeah. And I have, I'm so excited. I have two songs on that record she's putting out in October. And I've, I've never been more proud, like, to have cuts on someone else's stuff. She's killing it. That's cool. Well, uh, well, I'm excited to hear yours. So we'll say it one more time, and then I'll let you get off here. Y'all, please go pre-save anything but over. Pretty, here, please. pretty please, <laughs> and check out the rest of her songs too. Well, I, 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 I hope they do. I hope they end up being obsessed with you like I am. 
Thank you. Maybe they won't stalk you, though. I I probably will. Yeah, I don't need multiple restraining orders. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, tell them what you're... I want you to know that. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I think a big part of the struggle for women is there's not enough dudes being like, this woman's a badass. So I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Well, uh... I, I I didn't know that there was a struggle for women until I worked in country radio. And then coming out of country radio, I made some really good connections with some people in Nashville through the guy who's like my big brother. His name's Lee Tucker. Um, him introducing me to people. Oh, he's a songwriter. And I've just I've seen it firsthand. And I might come off like a very sexist pig a good bit of time. I'm a single 35-year-old man. I am not always going to be politically correct. I'm going to say some stupid shit to get my ass in trouble a (laughs) lot of the time. Don't get me wrong. But I have seen some of the most talented women. And just being like, why, why am I not hearing this on the radio? But I'm hearing, and I'm going to say glitter again. I'm, I'm hearing this glitter, this glitter fucker. Uh, on, it doesn't make, it does not make sense to me. Um, and like one of our friends is Priscilla. And I'm just the proudest I could be of that girl. And it's just like, I want to hear these women that are badass, that actually are empowering other women and actually being a strong, positive influence and saying, the hell with it. I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to whatever. Like, I, I love that shit. I honestly, I probably listen to a whole lot more female artists than I listen to male artists when I'm drinking or riding dirt roads or whatever. I'll listen to The Fool a million times. Like, I love The Fool. Is there, there's not a better song? No, not- there's, I, I couldn't think of one. And, uh, yeah. uh, but like, I love that. And like, I don't like, like I said, it, I feel like it's my job, me giving this platform with the show being the top 1% in the world and everything that I get to do and the people I get to be around. I want to push the women and I want to push the men too, but I want to push the people that actually have something worth saying that are putting out something good to where, yeah, some DJ on the radio might not because they might not give a shit who you are, but also fuck them. Like, like they're, Fuck yeah, they don't, they don't care. They want the ratings. I want the art. I want the people to do my show and to share the folks that are end up going to have an all time song. And that's how I look at it. more about legacy than about money with me. Well, I appreciate it so much. You don't like, it takes people like you to help get our shit heard. So means a lot. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Well, tell them real fast, your uh, social media handles and we'll get the hell off here. Okay, um, I'm everywhere. TikTok, obviously, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, it's at Farron Rachel's. That's like Karen with an F. <laughs> Nobody, a lot of people spell it wrong. So yeah, at Farron Rachel's everywhere, and then obviously Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. If you want to hear the music, y'all go download each and every one. Pre-save the new song, and ma'am, just thank you so much for hanging out and taking some time with me. I had fun talking to you. I did too. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And thank each and every one of y'all for listening to the Josh Terry podcast. Catch y'all next time. Why the fuck is my mouse working? I I hope that was. Do what? I hope that's still recording. It is. Y'all.